So much has been said about Thomas and his breakdown in faith that he has a name, Doubting Thomas. You know, the disciples didn't call him Doubting Thomas. They called him Didymus. That name means the twin because Thomas had a twin. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us anything about Thomas's twin. And I think the reason the Bible doesn't tell us that is because many a man, many a woman, many a boy, many a girl can relate to Thomas and say, yeah, I'm kind of like Thomas too. I could kind of be Thomas's twin because I have doubts too. Welcome to From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve, who today has a message for you if you are a doubting Thomas. Doubt can be a crippling issue when it comes to having a healthy relationship with Christ. And one of his 12 disciples, a man who walked with him throughout his earthly ministry and saw him doing miracles and teaching the word with authority, struggled with doubt in a big way and missed out on some major blessings because of it. In today's revealing lesson, Pastor Jeff will show us some key truth about doubt, how it can affect our lives, and the blessings that come when we have faith and believe. The message today is entitled, The Doubts of Thomas, and it's the fourth of five in Pastor Jeff's series, The Walk. Now, you can find out more about this lesson or the series when you go online to fromhisheart.org. Now, though, open your Bible to John chapter 20. Here's Pastor Jeff to help us when we have the doubts of Thomas. I heard a story about two nuns. They were involved in medical things, and uh, they went out one day from their convent out into the country to check on a patient, and they were looking after him and checking on him, and on the way back into town, they ran out of gas. And they were kind of on a, a desert or a deserted road, and it was not a lot of cars there. And so they thought, what are we going to do? We're still a good ways from town. And just then, a truck came by. He saw that the nuns were in trouble. He pulled over, and he said, what's the problem? And they said, we're out of gas. And he said, hmm. He said, well, I'm kind of in a hurry, but I'm willing to siphon some of my gas out of my pickup and then give you enough to get to a, a gas station. But he said, I, I don't have anything to put the gas in. Do you have anything? And, and one of the nuns went back there into the trunk, and she looked around, looked around. She found a bedpan. And she said, would this work? And he said, yeah, I think it would. And so he siphoned some of the gas into the bedpan. And then he said, now I have to leave. And so he took off. And so the nuns took the bedpan, and they started to pour into the gas tank. And just then, a patrolman came by, and he watched what was happening. And he rolled down his window and he said, sisters, I don't think that's going to work, but I do admire your faith. <laughs> We're in a series on faith. We're calling it the walk. We walk by faith and not by sight. And that's the struggle for every Christian. You know, as we've said, you begin the Christian life by faith. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not as a result of works, lest anyone should boast. So the Christian life begins with faith, it continues on with faith, it's faith all the way. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. 
But here's the struggle that you have, that I have, that the disciples had is between faith and sight. Because there's a strong pull within us to say, yeah, but if I don't see it, then I fear. And it's hard for me to believe God when I don't see these things happen. As one early church father said, you know, uh, when you believe it, even though you don't see it, then you see what you have believed. Jesus told Martha at the tomb of Lazarus, roll away the stone. She said, well, Lord, roll away the stone. He's dead. Did I not say to you, if you believe, you'll see the glory of God? And if you don't, you won't. So there's a struggle in our hearts, just as there was a struggle in the disciples' hearts. And I read even this morning, just look through, I believe it was eight times that you can find in the Gospels where Jesus rebukes the disciples for the littleness of their faith. Oh, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? That is a recurring uh, statement in the gospel accounts. Jesus toward the disciples. He got on to them for their little faith or sometimes no faith. He gets on to us for the same thing. So the disciples had some trouble. And probably we would all agree the poster child of the disciples for a difficulty with faith was Thomas. So much has been said about Thomas and his breakdown in faith that he has a name, Doubting Thomas. That's how everybody knows him in the church. We all know him as Doubting Thomas. He had uh, this lapse of faith and difficulty and doubts and skepticism, and so that just became his name. It's really a terrible name. I mean, uh, for all the ages, you're known as Doubting Thomas. You know, the disciples didn't call him Doubting Thomas. You know what they called him? They called him Didymus. Didymus. That name means the twin because Thomas had a twin. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us anything about Thomas's twin. And I think the reason the Bible doesn't tell us that is because many a man, many a woman, many a boy, many a girl can relate to Thomas and say, yeah, I'm kind of like Thomas too. I could kind of be Thomas's twin because I have doubts too. I have difficulty believing too. I'm one of those that really struggles faith and sight. I can relate to Thomas. Today, we want to talk about the doubts of Thomas because Thomas is somebody we can learn a lot from. And Thomas was someone who overcame his doubts and went on to be such a dynamic witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 20. Here's the, I'll set the, the table for the scripture that we're going to read. Jesus was crucified on Friday. He breathed his last at three o'clock in the afternoon and they took him off the cross and they put him in a tomb and he was dead and everybody agreed he is dead. And so he was in the tomb on Friday, on Friday night, on Saturday, all day Saturday. And then on early Sunday morning, they went to the tomb to anoint the body. And when they got there, the women, the stone had been rolled away. And he wasn't there, and they didn't know where he went. And they went and told uh, Peter and John, hey, somebody's moved him. Somebody's uh, taken away the stone. We don't know what's going on here. And the scripture says that Jesus appeared, resurrected. He appeared to Mary Magdalene. He appeared to the women. He appeared to two men on the road to Emmaus. He appeared to Simon. 
And then he appeared on that Sunday night. He appeared to all of the disciples, except Judas, who had already hung himself, and except Thomas, because Thomas wasn't with them. John chapter 20, verse 24. But Thomas, one of the 12 called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore were saying to him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I shall see in his hands the imprint of the nails and put my finger into the place of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again, his disciples were inside and Thomas with them. And things changed after eight days. What do we learn from the doubts of Thomas? Well, three lessons I want us to talk about today. Lesson number one, it is easy to become skeptical when you've been hurt. Easy to become skeptical when you have been hurt. Now, if you look up the word skeptical, you'll find this definition, not easily convinced, having doubts or reservations. That's what Thomas was. We call him Doubting Thomas. You could call him Skeptical Thomas. It's the same kind of thing. Thomas had uh, doubts and reservations. He wasn't going to be easily convinced that this good news was actually true. Now, Thomas, we don't know if he was there at the uh, site of the crucifixion. We know John for sure was there. The, the Bible doesn't really say how many of the disciples were there. I think that it could be true that he was there and he saw all those things happen to Jesus because he talks about the imprints of the nails. He talks about the wound in his side. I, I need to not only see that, but I need to touch it. I need to actually put my hand there. I need to, my finger there. I need to put my hand there. He has this test that he has set up for the Lord to meet in order for him to believe. Unless I see that, unless I touch that, I will not believe. Now, the thing you need to remember about Thomas, the Bible doesn't tell us a lot about him. You know, it only gives him two sentences and uh, before this passage, only gives him two sentences in all of the scripture. It talks about him in John chapter 11. It talks about him in John chapter 14. And then it talks about him in John chapter 20. None of Matthew, Mark, Luke, they don't mention anything that Thomas said. John is the only one that mentions something that Thomas said. And from what John said, we can learn some things about Thomas. We learned that Thomas really loved Jesus. He really, really loved Jesus. In John chapter 10, the scripture ends with the Jews picking up stones to stone Jesus because he claimed to be God. And Jesus left Jerusalem and went to Bethany on the Jordan where John was baptizing. Uh, John had already been uh, executed at that time, but he went to where the, the place was where John was baptizing. He got away from Jerusalem because it was too hot in Jerusalem. They were wanting to kill him. But then he hears that Lazarus, his friend, is very sick. And so he says, well, we need to go see him. He purposely waited enough days to where Lazarus would die and be dead for four days, and then Jesus could come and perform a great miracle. That's in John chapter 11. But he says, we're going to go to Bethany. Now, Bethany is two miles 
from Jerusalem. That's moving close to where all the heat is, where that just, uh, you know, a few days before they were picking up stones to stone you. And Jesus said, we need to go because Lazarus has died and I'm going to go and raise him up. And it says in John 11, verse 16, Thomas, therefore, who is called Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Thomas was, he was willing to go and die with Jesus. He loved Jesus. Now, Thomas wasn't super optimistic. You could really uh, understand that about him. He's a, he's a negative bent kind of guy. And so Jesus is going back to Bethany. Well, he's going to go die. Might as well go with him. Let's go with him and die with him. Why would you die with him, Thomas? Because I love him. He really, really did love Jesus, even though he was pessimistic and thought where, you know, when Jesus goes back toward Jerusalem, he's going to die. I'll die with him because I love him. So Thomas really loved Jesus. And, and secondly, Thomas wanted to be with Jesus. The second recorded statement from Thomas comes in John chapter 14. Now, Jesus had told the disciples that he was going to go away at the end of chapter 13. And then he says to them at the start of John chapter 14, let not your hearts be troubled. Well, their hearts were really troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me and my father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you for I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. And you know the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? I want to know the way because I love you and I want to be with you and I'm going to follow you. And if you're going somewhere, I'm coming there too. And so show me the way. How do we know the way? And that's when Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father, but through me. Jesus was everything to Thomas. Colossians chapter three, verse four says this, when Christ, who is our life is revealed, then we also will be revealed with him in glory. To Thomas, Jesus was his life. He had followed him for three and a half years. I mean, his heart, everything was wrapped up in this one, the the one whom he believed was the Messiah of Israel. But then the Messiah was arrested. He was beaten. He was tried. They said, crucify him. He was nailed to a tree. He had the spear thrust in his side where the blood and water flowed. And Thomas witnessed all that or heard enough about it to know exactly what happened. And his heart was crushed. And his hopes and dreams were crushed and shattered. And Thomas was greatly saddened and disillusioned. You say, well, how do you know that, that he was saddened in disillusion? Because when Jesus died on Friday and the disciples got together on Sunday, Thomas wasn't there. He was the only one not there. Now, Judas said uh, the betrayer had gone and hung himself, so he wasn't coming. But uh, Thomas wasn't with the rest of the guys. He distanced himself from the group. You know, that's natural when you get depressed, when you get disillusioned, when you, when you put all your, your eggs in one basket, so to speak, and then the basket seems to fall apart. You're like, well, where do I go now? What do I do now? I mean, everything, my whole world was wrapped up in 
Jesus, and now Jesus isn't here, and my worst fear that he would leave and be gone and I couldn't follow him, that now is realized, and he fell into deep sadness and depression. And when the guys got together, he didn't show up. He wasn't there. He was by himself. Have you ever had an experience like that when you get depressed? What do you want to do when you get depressed? Do you want to go to a party? Do you want to hang out with other people? No. You want to just stay in bed. You want to, don't, don't open the, the curtains. Just leave it dark in here. Just want it dark in here. It matches what's going on inside. It's just dark and lonely inside. And so I want to be by myself. That's what was going on with Thomas. And he missed out when Jesus came that Sunday evening. I heard about a little boy, just five years old. It was Palm Sunday and he was sick and he couldn't go to church. And so his mom stayed home with him and his dad took his two older brothers and they went to church on Palm Sunday. And the brothers came back after church and they had palm branches. And the little boy said, well, what is that? He said, palm branches. He said, where'd you get those? And they said, well, they passed them out at church for Palm Sunday. And he said, well, what's that all about? And his dad said, well, you know, they took palm branches and they laid down the palm branches when Jesus passed by. And the little boy said, would you look at that? I missed one Sunday and that's the Sunday that Jesus shows up. <laughs> well, that was true for Thomas. He missed one Sunday and the Lord showed up and he missed it. What's the lesson there? Don't miss a Sunday. You miss something special. The Lord shows up each and every time we get together in his name. But Thomas missed out. He distanced himself, which is a common uh, malady when you are depressed, a common symptom. You start to distance yourself from the church, distance yourself from your friends and from those who could help you. And Thomas wouldn't believe the many eyewitness reports. He was so saddened, so disillusioned. His world had been shattered. Even when they told him, and they told him with much excitement, we saw the Lord. Now, if one person tells you that, you could say, hmm. But if you see it, hear it from uh, 10 of your friends, and they all say it. And then the two guys from on the road to Emmaus said, hey, we saw, we walked with him. He broke bread, and when he broke bread, our eyes were open. We saw, that was Jesus. And Peter, yeah, he's, he met with me uh, separately. And then I saw him with the group. But he heard all of that and he still said, I'm not going to believe unless I see it for myself, unless I even touch him for myself. Why? Because I got so hurt on Friday that I'm building up a wall to protect me from getting hurt again. Have you ever met some people like that? They've gotten burned spiritually. And so they have a wall built up that says, I'm not going there again because I can't handle that hurt. That's kind of where Thomas is. Hey, it's easy to become skeptical when you've been hurt. Second lesson, it's wonderful to know that the Lord knows our hearts. And after eight days, verse 26, or a week had passed, a week later, his disciples were inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came to the doors having been shut. They had the doors shut the first time, but Jesus just came through. He just materialized through the doors. And he did this again this time, the doors having been shut. And he stood in their midst and he said, peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, reach here your finger and see my hands 
and reach your hand and put it in my side and be not unbelieving, but believing. Now, it would have been easy to say, well, I mean, Thomas is done for. I mean, the Lord's not going to have anything to do with Thomas once he uh, sets up this hoop that he has to jump through. Jesus has to jump through not only the seeing hoop, but the touching hoop, because I have to see it and I have to touch it in order for me to believe. And Lord, if you don't do that, then I'm not going to believe. But the Lord still came to Thomas. The Lord wasn't done with Thomas because the Lord knew Thomas's heart. And the Lord knew what Thomas needed. Now, Thomas desperately needed peace. He desperately needed peace. And that's the very first thing that Jesus said when he appeared to the disciples, peace be with you. You know, it's recorded in John chapter 20, verses 19 through 29 in that past three times. When he came to the disciples the first time that Sunday evening, that Resurrection Day Sunday, the first one, he came and he said it twice to the disciples, peace be with you, peace be with you. And then he comes a week later and what does he say? The same thing, peace be with you. Thomas needed peace. Those guys needed peace because their hearts were racing and raging and they were so afraid. They had the doors locked for fear, it says in verse 19, for fear of the Jews. They said, oh, they're gonna come and get us. And they crucified our master, Jesus, and now they're coming to get us. They were afraid. They needed peace. And Thomas, his heart was filled with all sorts of discouragement and sadness and, and consternation. And, and now he heard this report, and ah, he was just like a swirling sea inside. He needed peace. The Lord comes to you and to me, the resurrected Jesus, and he speaks peace. Are you a doubting Thomas? Well, if so, you'll want to turn from the doubts and become a person of faith by getting Pastor Jeff's five-message series, The Walk. It's based on 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. It'll help you learn to trust God even in the most difficult circumstances, walking by faith. You'll be blessed by it. This series is available in multiple formats. When you go online at fromhisheart.org, click the Listen tab. This month, we also have a special gift for your support to From His Heart that is helping people turn to Christ and serve Him faithfully. Here are just a few of the comments that we've gotten that lets us know God is using From His Heart in a wonderful way. I would like to pass along a praise request. The last two messages have been an incredible encouragement to me, and I just wanted to um, pass along that praise and say that the Lord is, is working greatly through Pastor Shreve, and it's touching my life very intensely. So I just wanted to thank you. Your sermon was very inspiring to me, and I'm telling you, really, it was absolutely inspirational. Thank you very much. I just want to thank the Lord for the message. It was everything I already prayed. Lord, I want your presence. I said, Lord, don't give me your promise without your presence. Everything I was praying was confirmed, and I thank the Lord for you guys, and I pray that God will continue to bless you to minister to people. We really do appreciate these people being willing to share their heart with us, and we appreciate you sharing your resources to help From His Heart continue to reach the world with the good news. For your gift today of any amount, we'll say thank you by sending you Pastor Jeff's seven-lesson series, The Next Step. It'll guide you step-by-step step into a more mature walk with the Lord. 
To get yours, make your gift online at fromhisheart.org. That's fromhisheart.org. Or call 866-40-BIBLE. 866-40-BIBLE. We have complete faith that God will supply our needs through God's people who join us in our 20th year of broadcasting the truth and love to a hurting world. God bless you. Thank you for being with us today on From His Heart. I'm Larry Nobles inviting you to be right back here tomorrow for part two of the lesson, The Doubts of Thomas. Be with us Tuesday here on From His Heart. His Heart is the listener-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, speaking the truth in love to a lost and a hurting world. Remember, no matter what, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Find out more at fromhisheart.org.